Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotoro Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Mr. Lawrence Jackson, Mr. Denny Carter, Mr. Kyle Dvorak. And we're talking the latest news around the league, including Tyreek Hill's oddly specific retirement prediction, Austin Eckler's very specific uh, terms for how he wants to play the 2023 football season. I believe he said he would cry if he was back on the Chargers. Uh, Rashad White. Getting some three-down back love for the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are going to need it since Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are their quarterbacks. Patriots maybe being taking a running back for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> then we're going to get into more NFL draft talk and fits. Last week we talked Kyle's kind of early dynasty rankings at a few positions. Today we're going to talk like, maybe the top five-ish receivers and tight ends, but more from like a perspective of which teams – might actually make these receivers and tight ends the first off the board. So kind of getting in to an NFL draft needs type discussion, which we have not really had yet here on Rotor World Football Show. But yeah, first, Denny, I mean, Tyreek Hill, he said it. He said 2025 and I'm out. Um, you should check out yeah. Galaxy Brains to see maybe why you're dubious on that, but maybe give yeah. people a little taste um, on Tyreek Hill right. and his retirement prediction. I, I, you know, I mean, it seems like something we will have forgotten about and pos- possibly Tyreek Hill will have forgotten about when 2025 rolls around and uh, other teams are clamoring for his services. Um, you know, he's not going to be like ancient. Um, and also, you know, he's not he's not like one of these enormous receivers who age poorly, you know, like like a Megatron like in, in you know Michael Thomas, uh, uh, Kenny Galladay, the, those guys that just don't don't age well. You know, you, he's you, you can say Julio is okay. I, I, <laughs> you know, I didn't like Lawrence right here. I don't want to make him feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> don't say Julio. And you know, Julio. You're right. I didn't. I didn't want you to curse at me on, on air. So no. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Julio. So I don't think he's, he's going. He, there's no indication he's going to break down like those guys. I would be really stunned if he actually did leave the game uh, after the 2025 season. He'll only be 31, guys. You know, he, he's going to be around. Yeah, and he, he seems, he's got more like Deshaun Jackson where he, he's playing till he's like 36, and he still looks really fast for like the first half of like that 60-yard catch. You know, there, there was a few times last season where Deshaun Jackson, maybe it was two years ago. He's still fast? Well, he was still fast, remember, but then he like totally died. At the end of the run, where he looked like an old man, basically, 
And I, I think Tyreek's definitely got some of that in him. Wasn't it like three years but, ago that he like played week one or two with the Eagles, big game or big catch at least, gets hurt, returns for like week 16, big game, <laughs> gets hurt again? I think it was like Eagles 2019 or 20. It's been such a long time. Yeah, But see, that's why Tyreek put this announcement out there. He wants to avoid that. So y'all don't be talking about him like that. So he just go if he just go at thirty one, like still more than likely he'll be the fastest dude in the league still at thirty one. And what better feeling uh, than to go out on top? You know, he said he wants to be get into the gaming and the streaming and all that. That's the thing now. Uh, me and Denny found that out Super Bowl week. Yes, um, Denny of course uh, streams uh, the new popular youth game Wii Golf. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So Tyree won a little bit of that Wii Golf in his, in his system, man. So he's like, hey, I'm going to – but, but it, I mean, like you said, man, it's like it's easy to say it now because it, it makes it seem like he doesn't care. Like, oh, I'm good. I'll just – man, how many players um, stay too late? Mostly all of them. Usually the game tells them they're done. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, Barry Sanders that walk away when you literally the best. So we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, when 2025 come around. The, the money right, will I've be- got it. I've got it. It was it was 2020 weeks one and two to Sean Jackson totals over 100 yards on eight catches uh, and full targets too. It was out there earning it. Gets hurt, plays in two more games over the next 10 or so weeks, comes back for, I was right, week 16, one catch, 81 yards, touchdown, inactive the next week. <laughs> well, he actually, Kyle, he actually, le- I remember that. He left the game with a hamstring injury two seconds after that touchdown. Yeah, it was yeah, suffered while that. scoring that touchdown. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of, that he was limping Probably, by yeah. the end. Of- and he's been playing ever since. Was that not – that's such a good way to go out. That's such a, an 81-yard tud. Dude, that's it. Put the cleats on and, the rack, man. And listen, there's always the Ravens. He can always come back to the Ravens. Uh, oh, they're going to sign him. I'm surprised they yeah. cut him. Speaking he's, of, he's, speaking he's of big catches – the game against the Ravens against the Jaguars, probably Lamar's best throw of the season going across the field. Throw, you know that. That was Deshaun Jackson. That that pretty much kept them in the game like a 60-yard completion. He burnt the defense. Like, but then after that, they cut him a few weeks later. Like yeah. Tyreek Hill trying to avoid all of that. Yeah, Tyreek, the more we talk, I think Tyreek should stick to his plan and go out in 2025. Uh, Go out like a baller, Tyreek. Austin Eckler wants to go out like a baller, and to him, that is not playing out the final year of his Chargers contract. He said the worst-case scenario for him, I'm assuming he's referring to his football contract, but could mean for his entire life, is returning to the Chargers to play out the final year of his contract. Currently slated to make $6.25 million dollars Guys, there hasn't been like any rumors on like yes, you, know, so, you know, the Bills been pursuing Austin Eckler. He, he hasn't even been like tangentially connected to any teams, has he? It just seems like, like man, that like we won this argument like way too severely, and that no one will ever pay a running back after the age of like age twenty five again. And this just seems really bad for Austin Eckler and. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Is he going to be on the I think, he's, I, I think Lamar Jackson might have more suitors today than Austin <laughs> Eckler does. And, and we know that ain't plenty. Well, it ain't any. Um, 
Austin, he, Lamar at least has a team that tried to give him a contract. It was a one-year deal, but yeah, he's yeah, got more suited. Like I, Austin Eckler, he could be in a. It wouldn't shock me of this, right? If he might be, uh, I don't know, he may be overvaluing himself just a little bit. I don't know, but I do know that his best chance for fantasy, elite fantasy success. It's probably with the team that he's on now. And he said it like, man, my the worst case scenario is me playing for the Chargers. Well, that's going to be, you know, that's him. true of all of us, man. None of us want yeah, to play for the Chargers. No one wants that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's who's going to uh, uh, give him all them targets. That's where he has a chance to get 100 catches in the season. I, I almost feel like if he go to another team, he's going to be splitting more of them touches up. Just about anywhere you go, because when you think about it, there's not even if you look on uh, some of the uh, bad teams in the league, like the Houston Texans got the first pick. They got Damian Pierce. Uh, so you tend to have someone better than Josh Kelly. So there's always going to be. Yes, someone better than exactly. Josh Kelly so it's not team. like he going he, he to be committee Austin if he did end up somewhere else. Roto Pat, who did the best play for him? Yeah, yeah, I, for sure. I think stay with the Chargers, like for fantasy purposes, please. Uh, although you know he entering his age twenty eight season, I think that Eckler is going to learn a tough lesson in that nobody nobody's reading all that. Like they're just they're out, they're out <laughs> on a 28 year old running back. Like you know, they're not. No one's going to pay up what Eckler wants to be paid. Unfortunately. And, you know, he's making six and a half, around six and a half million this year. Uh, he's like not even, t- I don't even think top 10 in no, running back salary. Yeah. I mean, they, it's tra- It's not good. It's it, it really stinks for him. But uh, yeah, the fact that nobody is knocking down the Chargers door right now, I think is bad news for him. He's going to have to play out his deal. Yeah. At least with Lamar, like teams were like, oh, we know he's available, but we're out. Teams don't even know. Like, if you told them, like, oh, are you interested in Austin Eckley? Like, oh, who? What? It was, isn't he under contract? What are, you get, like, your out-of-office reply. Like, how, yeah. no, no way this guy's in Italy until April 30th. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, Pat, who did – speaking of how lackluster the rest of the Chargers' backfield is, who did they draft last year at running back? Hmm. It wasn't Larry Roundtree. That was two years ago. I know. They're oh, like that's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> no, it's literally a pop quiz because I could. I know he doesn't know Lawrence who uh, they draft. No, I oh, do. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, but we was no, excited about that. I knew that. No, I didn't. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he four, literally four. didn't play. None of these dudes play because it's what we're all talking about. It's like not only. I mean, Eckler's like a small dude. He is thick, but he's a smaller dude. He's not a guy you expect to get as many touches as he does. Mate, like if you go somewhere else, he's probably not getting all the catches but he's also not getting nearly as many carries either. So I, I think it's by far the best case outcome for fantasy, to be clear. Like he should try and get the bag, but for fantasy, you want him with the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Props yeah, he, 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 he 28 years old. He realized in this like this is his last chance to get yeah. money, like for real, you know what I'm saying? And he's not 28 years old and Derrick Henry. Like if Derrick, shit, Der, oops, Derrick Henry right <laughs> now. Derrick Henry right now, like he's 29, like people would be knocking down that door. I know he was available for Trey earlier, but, uh, you know, uh, I think that's more of a realistic situation where teams is like clamoring to get him, not for Austin Eckler. 
Lawrence, there are families that listen to this podcast, um, <laughs> yeah, including mine. <laughs> and they've got kids that need to grow up. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> half, half of our audience is under eight years old. It is insane. We have the demographics on this pod are through the roof growth trajectory, but they can't hear the S word. We love it. That's why we can't do deep dives. Yeah, the advertisers have fled. Uh, I just think the the best case scenario. This why don't the charges just guarantee this guy some money in twenty twenty four? Like this, come on, like put one year on top of it or something. Like, Pat, do you have a vested interest in this? You're like, come on, just give him a little bit. <laughs> he got him on all the dynasty well, rosters. No, it's the worst thing because, like, people have talked about, like, why should, like, all the best athletes in the world, uh, all the best athletes in America, what do they get funneled to in high school? They get funneled to running back. Like, it's still like treated as like the glamour position for like the elite of the elite athletes. But then they get to the the elite league. And they're just treated as a refuse after like age 25. It's like an untenable situation mm-hmm. the way they chew these guys up and spit them out after their rookie contract. And then, yeah, even the ones who like break the mold and are still highly productive, like late into their twenties, like Austin Eckler, like no one will even gamble like a one year extension on them. Now it's, Pretty bad. Yeah, he was so good. He's been so good every year, like back to back to back. You think if he's like a defensive end with like 14 sacks last year, which like I feel like what he did last year is kind of the equivalent of like a really good season and like another like 16 sack season before that. He's going out and getting this final like four year, 80 million contract or something like he's not asking for that because he doesn't play a position. The NFL values like. But I think the reason like the Chargers don't like or maybe they have tried to offer him that like one to two year extension. He probably does want to hit free agency and or get a team that will do it to him right now and get like a three year deal. Because like Warren said, like this is the last chance probably for a really good contract. After this, you got to think he's probably just the way the NFL values running back and sees the way age and tread on your tires impacts the running back position. You got to think this is his last chance to get it like a three year deal after that. You know, if he's like 32 or something, he's probably stuck pigeonholing like one and two year deals for a while if he maintains a really high level of play, which is like obviously frustrating for him. Yeah, he's was definitely correct when he triangulated like the time to get paid is now and mm-hmm. he's got to go all in. Are we, are we done talking about Austin Eckler? Um, Austin, I'm good. We want you to get paid, Austin. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks want Rashad White to get paid. I, for, I forget. Yeah, Wonder Fournette's not on the Bucks anymore, right? He is not. He's been released. It's Rashad White. Uh, he could be a three-down back. Todd Bowles is now saying they want him to be a three-down back. The Bucks are gonna kind of be like a fantasy trap. I think all year there's a lot going on there. They could still draft a running back. But Denny Carter, you haven't spoken for a while. They want him to be a three-down back. How much are we buying into this? Could Rashad White be a, a major fantasy breakout candidate in 2023? We wanted him to be in 2022, and he, he right. kind of was. He was fine, you know, efficiency-wise <laughs> as a pass catcher, but the rushing was really bad. And I've been told on Twitter by Bucks fans that uh, that was only because of the offensive line. It was enti- entirely <laughs> on the offensive line. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he was as inefficient as Lennon Fournette last year, uh, on the ground and, uh, the Bucks had the worst rushing game in the league last year. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that fantasy wise, he's going to be hyped as, you know, breakout three down guy. I think that will inflate his ADP probably well outside of where I'm comfortable, uh, taking him. And and really, I know that it's okay. It's April. 
the Bucks are saying, yes, he's our guy. He's going to be three downs, whatever. You know, a lot's going to change. Like we're either going to draft guys, they're going to add guys in the in the summer. They're going to say, well, we want we want to split it up. We want to make sure we don't uh, burn out. Rashad Keyshawn Vaughn's got to get his touches. Keyshawn Vaughn's looking really good. He's only twenty nine right now. So. <laughs> yeah, and, Keyshawn and also, definitely one of the guys that's going to be looking real good during the summer. <laughs> that's the type of player. That's yeah, yeah. that's playing about right. <laughs> And I'm not going to bore the listeners with the really geeky analytics of it, but just trust me when I say, maybe I'll write about it, but trust me when I say that it was not good. I was looking, I was squinting real hard to find something positive from Rashad White's rookie season. I couldn't find it. Couldn't find anything positive. He was sort of a good pass catcher, sort of. He was like dead average. He was was like dead average in yards per route run among all running backs. And Leonard Fournette was better than him in yards per route run and you would think in an offense that like you know under Brady typically throws a ton to its running backs like that'd be one area where at least like baseman volume maybe he could excel but like wasn't really there either I think there's room for improvement he was an incredible prospect as a pass catcher out of the back like one of the best yards per route run coming out of college in a while but like rubber hit the road and he wasn't good last year so you know maybe, the, maybe the Tom Brady and the rookie like Tom Brady's never gonna like put a rookie in the Shane Vereen role zoomers won't remember what that means oh. But, yeah, um, he well the the I'll say the the good thing about Rashad White is these two things. Uh, up into up until week ten, he was averaging less than well under ten touches per game. After week ten, that jumped to fifteen touches per game. And the biggest thing of all for Rashad White is this: like like you said, Todd Bowles said they want him to be a three down back. The even more important thing is that he switched his number to number one. <laughs> his jersey number is number one. So that right there lets you know that he when you wear number one in football yeah. and you're a skill guy, like you better be that guy. Like, well, <laughs> I Jerry McKinnon, I like him, but he ain't that guy. Right. But <laughs> he's not him. He's not him. So a quick aside. A lot of times like Jamar like, Chase oh. type of nut. You, you oh, know, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. There you go. Quick aside, is zero a good number? Uh, just quick yes or no. Rotopat zero because they're not, yeah, they're yeah, now allowed is. to wear zero. It's weird. We need more weirdness more. in American life. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll say yeah. I don't we'll like get it, used Denny. To it. No, uh, Denny, Denny's no, like apoplectic. Like, like Denny's been about to be institutionalized I, over the Zero is no, low T, it, man. Zero is low T. One, on the other hand, is sick. Zero, zero is super high T because you know what's even lower than one? Zero. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, Pat. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> it's it's going to be how it works. It's going to be status. Yeah. Trust me. I, I I just zero's I know a kicker I'm, number, dude. Zero's listen, kickers and punters, man. I, I'm going to be turned <laughs> into a radicalized boomer soon if the if these players keep changing their numbers i can't take it <laughs> zero zero Come calvin really number zero yes yeah, we're turning denny into sign photos like that zero, means zero games bet on this year for ridley i know lawrence i was gonna say that means his winnings this year for ridley. i think um, part of my mental block on kyle pitts is the fact that he wears eight I can't, yeah. I can't deal with it. That's a real, real weak alpha number for a tight end. I, I, I feel like Kyle Pitts should award number one out the gate. And Pitts should be 88, man. He needs to be like a, a mom. 88, guys. Kyle Pitts needs no, to be 88. He's not that's that guy. It. He's not that type of guy. 88? <laughs> no. no. He, he, he had I, 84 I in college. I like he's to be 84. He needs to be in the 80s, man. That's like you that's what I'm scared. Like pounds and weigh 84. 84 is a is a 194 pound type of number. <laughs> Dude, you're scared. If you see someone who looks like Kyle Pitts 
And then he has like a, a blocking tight end number. You you like get scared. like eighty six or something. Yeah, you get scared. It's like what's this? <laughs> you should wear 40, 45. You should wear forty five. He doesn't need to wear forty five. He needs oh, an H back. That is ever. ugly. Cool. If I see him running out forty five, I'll never draft him again. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't drafted that man. No, he needs a stodgy number. He doesn't need this this flashy, swaggy number. He needs to be really stodgy. He needs an H back number for Kyle Pitts. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, Rashad White being number one. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, this is analytics. Yeah, but got- what is worth? Kyle Trask is number two jersey <sighs> number. Oh my word! That two one backfield. Man, the Bucks are down so so bad. They are down so, so bad. Bill Belichick wants us to believe Ramondre Stevenson's down so bad. The Athletics, Jeff Howe reporting they could take like a first-round running back. Basically, that's not the exact words of the report, chip. Kyle. Say that again, Denny? They're, they're looking for a blue-chip running back. Blue-chip running back because they don't have one, apparently, and Ramondre Stevenson, who's incredible. Uh, I mean, how, how much are we – are we putting any credence in this? I mean, Bill Belichick is the kind of guy who would still take a first-round running back, but would seem to be about need number 90 for the – need number zero for the Patriots because it's not a need Again, for them. They, already, they have two, like, sophomore running backs coming back. They have, like, James Robinson on the roster. I feel like this is just maybe, like, space filler for a column. Is anyone actually buying into this? Maybe a mid to late round guy just to compete for those, uh, you know, committee touches that's ultimately bound to happen. You know, somebody got to take the uh, the pressure off of Ramondre because the way that offense is looking is shaping up right now. They're talking about trading Mac Jones and all that stuff. It looks to me, it looks like Ramondre Stevenson is in for a, a big year as far as like workload goes. So. Yeah, they them drafting a running back in the first round. I would laugh at them, even if it was Bijan Robinson. I I would laugh, and then we'd be all sad because now you got <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson and Bijan Robinson. But that would be complete joking. It lets you know that Bill Belichick is just checked out. Ooh, Denny yes. was wanted to make this exact same point of Galaxy Brains today. Denny, pick up on Lawrence. Lawrence, that's there. what that I think this would be somewhat of a. No, no, that's not, I'm not going to soften this. This would be the nail in the coffin of the <laughs> argument that Bill, Bill Belichick has lost it, has completely <laughs> lost his edge, because this is the, the, he, he's made poor decision after poor decision over the past three years without Tom Brady, including personnel wise, bringing in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and making them two of it uh, the the most highly paid tight ends in the league, and then not using them at all. So I, I just I I don't know what he's doing, and I I, I wouldn't put it past him to take Bijan. And by the way, when we're talking about a blue chip running back, we're just, we're only talking about Bijan Robinson. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That's what he is doing. Gibbs at Jameer Gibbs at at you know at worst, but like if he did it, there's still some people out there that'd be like. Oh, Bill's got a plan. He's got because you know when he does, so he's right, if it's right. Bill, if he does it, like when they show him at a picture at Middle Tennessee Western Community College, yeah. scouting <laughs> a prospect, they think he got something up his sleeve. No, they don't. It's just the dude they gonna have on a practice squad. <laughs> doing that. But they're gonna spend and, a second round pick on him, like you know, with Cole Strange, right? Like Bill Belichick probably yes. considered Cole Strange a blue chip guard or whatever he was when. And then there's the clip of like McVeigh and. 
uh, whoever the GM of the Rams is, like, <laughs> yeah, laughing. Like, laughing. We yeah, thought he was a great pick in the seventh round, and they're like joking to each other about it. But, so look, but, he could still spend the blue chip capital. I'm going to call that like day two is a blue chip adjacent, especially for running back where they don't really go too much in the first round anymore. He could still spend blue chip capital and, and end up with the Western App State Kentucky affiliate <clears throat> college running back that Lawrence is describing. Obviously, look, I, I don't want to I, I, these draft talks and like personnel decision talks get mixed up with fantasy a lot. I, I want to be clear that if Bijan Robinson goes to New England, he will run for two thousand seven hundred yards and <laughs> or and score twenty eight touchdowns. No, because so, it'll get totally misused because they'll be uh, he'll probably like be behind like uh, Kevin Harris on the depth chart or something. Well, I, I don't know. I, I I just don't want people to think. Look, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna do great wherever he goes. It's not about Bijan. It's just about team building and the team building decisions on Belichick's part have been uh, very curious over the past three years. Some would say he has yet to have any success in his entire NFL life without Tom Brady. Well, that's not true. But uh, someone <laughs> um, pointed out from the the ringer, I forget who it was. That, like Bill Belichick, this seems like he's like beating the video game. He's like me- beating the main quest. Now he says all he's doing is side quests. And this would be like he's doing he's doing like uh Super Mario Sunshine no jumps like yeah, yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. hit you no, know he's like collecting all the Korok seeds he's just on Grand Theft Auto just driving around having fun he ain't doing he's nothing at the red lights <laughs> yeah, in GTA Lawrence. like he's obeying all the traffic laws in GTA just for fun like, yeah. I I will say to like like you said to circle back to how you started it Pat it's maybe a little fluffy because the first part of the quote is that the team is building the running game around Ramondre Stevenson quietly having interest in a blue chip running back like those things are like mutually exclusive in a way if you're going to add a first round running back you are in fact not building the running game around Ramondre I tend to lean towards the building around Ramondre but like we said like I don't know maybe Bill Bill's just lost it yeah he just might be uh, he's doing that's why all that Lamar to Patriots talk I'm like any team please not them I just don't like how it's going. I don't like the, the fact that they got it out there, that they're trying to trade their quarterback. I don't know about all that. There, Bill is – there are weird things afoot in New England, but I don't think drafting our first-run running backs be one of them. And if they don't add a running back, Ramondre is set up really, really well with only Kevin, Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. I mean, James good, Robinson good might, James Robinson might not even make the roster – um, he, I think his his deal is really only one year, two million. It was originally reported as two years, eight million, but not much of a contract. All incentives, no guarantees, type of stuff. Yeah. So as long as they do not draft Bijan, it is Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, that's right. I can't say it. Um, get get it out, Pat. Get it out. Come on, try again. Get it out. And in fact, we have to have a palate cleanser with a promo. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. Every season is draft season. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiles, rankings, and projections. Order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BARRY and save an extra 20% off at checkout. That is promo code B E R R Y to save 20% at checkout. And don't forget, download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. 
parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Dance to a giant organ played by ocean waves? Yep. Camp in floating tree houses hundreds of feet off the ground? Check. Jump in a big tub of mud on purpose? Call it rejuvenation. We don't care. Just pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Man, the Patriots. Uh, man, so we, we, we've been covering all the bases. I pay in running backs, the Patriots, uh, random retirements. It's, uh, it's, I mean, uh, Robert Kraft at the NFL owners meetings was kept t- talking to, about my team. He kept saying my team like Robert Kraft is is very media savvy and has been for a long time. I think that I think that that was a message like. Just so we're clear, this is not Bill's team. This is my team, and we better start doing things the right well, way or the successful way or something. Our colleague Peter King said that Bill Belichick could finish his career with another organization. So, so which would be the ultimate side quest. That'd be something. That would be the ultimate side quest. I mean, like, it's it's the Brady saga, right? Brady finished like he's the goat patriot, and then he finishes his career with another organization. Prove it, Bill. Prove it. He actually won. System. Yeah. yeah. He can't go to the Giants, which is where it was rumored for years and years and years he would go. Where would he even go? I wonder. Um, like, where would mercenary Bill? He'll be. He'll be. He'll be on the Falcons. Go, Sorry, Lawrence. Going tonight? No, no, no. Don't. Uh, I, for what? He'll go six and ten over here. What do you mean? He was going, he was going there to win. <laughs> Does a uh, Nantucket have an expansion team? Uh, he might go pro- there. Producer Adam makes a great point, and producer Adam's correct. He he got it right here. Uh, Belichick will go back to Cleveland when they fire Kevin Stefanski. I know where he's going. Once Bezos buys the Commanders, that's where he's going. Actually, oh, they're boys, right? I don't know. I don't probably. I guess actually, he's one of those guys. Like, if you're a rich person, you're somehow friends with Bill Belichick. Like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know Elon Musk was friends with Bill Belichick, but they hang out. Yeah, they're hanging out all the time. Uh, We hang out all the time, and now we're here to talk about teams that might be drafting a wide receiver. We learned a few of the names last week. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle, who's the first team that comes to mind when you say receiver-needy team like who could maybe take a first-round receiver? I mean, the, the very first one I see is the Carolina Panthers, but they're, of course, not using the number one pick on a receiver. The same thing with the Texans. But they're not using the number two pick on a receiver. They go 12, though. They're pretty – I'm probably going to have them mock to take a receiver at 12. My mock draft will probably be up by the time you listen to this, if you're listening to it on Friday. Um to me, personally, I think this both makes sense, but it's also one I really want to see. So that's why I'll list it over the Texans, who are pretty high on the list, too. Um, please, Buffalo. I I, I love Gabe as much as the next guy. That's actually not true. I used to love Gabe as it much as the It was just because guy. of the injury. It's gonna I'm not. We're not back. doing this. It's coming storming back. <laughs> No, let's not let's not risk it. I I love the idea that he will come storming back because he's a very interesting player. Let's not gamble on him coming back again. Let's really nail down this receiver position because last year uh, he graded quite poorly in ESPN's open metric. Also their catch metric. He doesn't really like he's a deep threat who doesn't really win jump balls, but he is not fast enough to just pure put separation between him and a corner. 
So I'm not really sure like what he does super well. He like runs one route well. He runs like a decent go. Injures his ankle well. And yeah, he injures his ankle. He does do that with uh, supreme perfection. So let's put him to the number three role. Give him some easier easier coverages to work against because he's a limited player. I think he has skills that are good. There just aren't a ton of them. And it's okay if he does one or two things well, but especially, and maybe Josh Allen will never prefer to throw over the middle. Maybe he will always be this like boundary guy who loves taking shots. He's very good at it. He like, he will continue to have a ton of success throwing to the outside, but like, let's give him an option over the middle of the field. I'd love to see them. Like they're probably like, they're not getting Jackson Smith and the the Jigba, but they could maybe get like Jordan Addison or Zay flowers or something like that. I'd love to see them add a guy who can create separation, get targets over the middle and like counterbalance what they have, especially in the outside with someone who I think can be successful in the right role with Gabe Davis, but you just don't want him as your second receiver. And of course, for fantasy, this is like the best landing spot. They should take a, Gabriel Davis in prospect form, Quentin Johnson. Yeah. I know that's what I'm worried. They're just they're going to do it again. And I, I I think Quentin Johnson is good, but like they'll like you don't need to be redundant in that way. I don't think. Maybe if they're like if they're scouting or just Josh Allen telling them like, hey guys, like I just don't process the middle of the field as well as I throw beautiful deep stuff. Maybe you do go Quentin Johnston. Uh, but like I'd love to see them try and like flesh out their receiver core a little more in ways that are different from Gabe Davis. Not I agree. He's a Gabe Gabe esque. It was just a glaring, glaring, glaring need in the divisional round. There was no one that could create offense for them after Stefan Diggs. And that was just something that game against the Bengals. It was like there's gotta be someone else that can make a play in the passing game. And there just wasn't. And so I totally agree with Kyle. It's an absolutely glaring need. Lawrence, anything you want to say on the Bills, or do you want, or do you yeah, want to talk about are we saying because like the, the the Bills definitely could use a a number two receiver. That's something I tried to tell the world all for two years. But any, that's neither yeah, here we, nor we there. Kind of I, I don't neither know. here nor there. Yeah, I don't well, think it's here. It's here. Right. The Bills are not. Sure. They're not desperate. They're not desperate. You know what I'm saying? Like they still gonna make it to the playoffs. Like a team like the. The Tennessee Titans, despite drafting, uh, now it's not going to be pretty for fantasy, uh, but they need a receiver despite drafting Traylon Burks in the in the first round last year. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens they've needed receivers well since Steve Smith. <laughs> um, you know they've gotten Rashad Bateman, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And we're and I'm saying Ravens with the premise that they'll have. Lamar Jackson because that's their quarterback of today but um Kyle mentioned Zay Flowers uh that could be a great option for them as well if they can't get a um if they can't get a Odell Beckham who they made an offer to so I see somebody like uh Zay Flowers fitting well with the with the new offensive coordinator that they got in that offense yeah I I will say that the Bill's offense was predictable and often stale uh, last year without a second viable pass catcher behind Stefan Diggs. And I think it's reflected in the fact that, uh, and this isn't terrible, but I think it it is worth noting in the second half of the season, uh, Buffalo was 10th in EPA per drop back. And I, I, so not definitely not elite. I mean, they were behind teams like the lions, like the Steelers. Okay. Uh, So I, with Josh Allen under center, you would expect something better than that. Maybe top five, top three, top one, perhaps. Uh, I, I do I do think that they would do really well for themselves. 
and it would be fun for fantasy if they could upgrade at wide receiver two because look they have to. Is, he's just not a, he's not a wide receiver two on any team and he should not be on one of the best offenses in the league that is the thing about Gabe, like kidding aside, is he's a role player who got elevated above his role and can probably be a really good number three and was a really good number three receiver the first two years. I mean, he was a day three pick who forced his way onto the field as a number three receiver as a rookie. But mm-hmm. it just seemed like he was like already at his ceiling, basically, I guess is what we have to admit to ourselves. That, that was a hell of a four-touchdown game, wasn't it, it was, fellas? No one can ever take that away from him <laughs> or from me. It won me hundreds of dollars. Um, that was a pretty nice game that you it had there, fun. Gabe. But you're not a number two. Man, they, they just didn't do it in free agency either. I mean, Deontay Hardy, by the way, is on the Bills now. Trent Sherfield – was on the bills. He's like the Isaiah McKenzie replacement. Like he'll he play is. like special teams and some offense. He's not a bad. Like player. that's the thing, Trent Sherfield. Like coming into last year, if Trent Sherfield was on that roster, he would have battled with Gabe Davis for that oh. number two spot. He yeah. would have battled. Hell, he might battle with him now. Lord. He might do it now. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. <laughs> if they don't draft no receiver, he might do it now. Man, what 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 about what do y'all what do y'all feel about the uh the the Panthers who we know are taking the quarterback, uh presumably C.J. Stroud or or uh Bryce Young? They signed Adam Thielen, huh? But they could probably use something else in that that could. That is, no, that is the correct noise. I I understand exactly what that is. You do not need to elaborate. I promise. No, you don't actually. Yeah, not. you know. So may, maybe if they, you know, if who um then they they got DJ Chart too, right? They did. And yeah. Lawrence, the thing we talked about this actually last week, I think, with the Panthers is that. They need. They still, despite those signings, need another receiver. Yeah, the draft ammo is really, really lacking. After number mm, one, yes. they have number thirty nine, and then the next pick is number ninety three, and it's just gonna be yeah. really, really hard for them. Choose wisely, right? A lot of needs for the Panthers, and I, they probably will take another receiver. But then they got one fourteen. It's probably gonna be a day three receiver. I think is what it is, and or they're trying to find the next. I don't know, Gabe Davis. And so, <laughs> it's not going to be probably like a noise-making day two receiver. Uh, Denny, do you have a thought, or was that just a very weird exhale? Uh, no, it was. It was an extremely weird. I'm. I'm sorry. I was. It was. Uh, it was a muffled laugh. I think. <laughs> we don't usually muffle our laughs. We're never shy at all about laughing at ourselves when we're funny. Listen, <laughs> I, will, I will never muffle my laugh. That's that's. <laughs> so that, that's kind of the first go around the horn. I mean. Kyle, what's another, who's another team that just comes to mind when, like, when you're thinking night one, they're going to be having a receiver up on stage holding their jersey? I don't think the Chiefs will do it on night one. I do think they're a team that, like, very obviously has that need. Like, they, we talk about role players. They are a team that has, like, a bunch of – they even lost some of their role players uh, in, in free agency, really, with Juju and Mecole going. And they've made, like, essentially no effort to replace them. But I think they proved last year that, like – Moneyballing their receiver room will replace him in the aggregate and then barely even doing that dude when you've got mahomes that is somehow good enough so i don't think it'll be night one it's possible but i think they could just as easily easily go edge they also still have a pretty big need at right tackle so i think ultimately they continue the money ball approach uh but even if that just means day two or three like that guy if we learned nothing from sky Moore last year 
I'm going to be excited to draft that guy almost no matter who he is Um, (laughs) because we'll have the shot to earn playing time. There will be very few roadblocks to getting that playing time. Now, just don't fumble it like you do with every punt. Or (laughs) injure your hamstrings. I I think what the Chiefs are really doing is the Tobias Funke meme. Like, but it could work for us with Kadarius Tony, and like he's gonna stay healthy, and that seems to be their big plan at receiver. And yeah, I don't know if they can really invest a day two. Let's see the Chiefs picks here. They're thirty-one. They're sixty-three. They've got all their picks. They've got those and an extra fourth rounder from Miami. Yeah. If, if they take a day two pick, I'll tell you what, they're not going to a directional Michigan school. They're going to take them from a big school. And like someone is directional Michigan. School. Someone is a little more bad. Well, takes, I want them to get, I want them to get Marvin Mims to, to get a little bit in the rabbit hole. Dude, Marvin Mims, uh, like he has like a pretty, maybe we don't need a raw prospect going to them. Cause I guess Sky Moore maybe could be considered raw and that's why he didn't play. But like Marvin Mims is a stone cold burner with like first round production coming out of Oklahoma. Like he truly does have a profile that is like elite from an analytics perspective. And even if he's just sometimes playing, like he basically did this as a freshman at Oklahoma, he played like half the team snaps or something and was one of the best yards per route run for a true freshman you'll ever find. Cause when the dude runs a go route, he's like impossible to stop. And I think like that's something that you'll never replace Tyreek Hill, but that sort of speed and playing above your weight is something they could maybe find in Marvin Mims. There are other things that Tyreek Hill does that no one else can do, but that aspect of his game, I think Mims could actually actually like replicate that specific part pretty well. And uh, he's also just like every time I write up one of these draft previews, when I say a team needs a day two receiver or I'm like eyeing day two receivers, I just want to throw Marvin Mims in there. <laughs> every team should draft this guy. He's good. Well, he is. All 32 will. It's actually allowed into the new CBA. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually uh, I think that the I mean we're still what four weeks away from the no two three weeks away, away. three yeah. weeks away from the draft so, I actually think there's there's a possibility that the the Mims hype which is just starting really uh, could could get to the point where he's not day two where he's day one he could he be deserves to be players. day one like I think he is legit that good I you know his like route tree really could use some fleshing out but like. Let him run nine routes the whole game. That's do that. Sure. <laughs> hey, that sounds exactly like the Chiefs. That's what they do. What, what about the uh, what about the Vikings here at uh at at twenty three? Um, that's that's a place where a they've rookie taken, they've taken a receiver Lawrence yeah. number twenty three eight straight years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> so one was Stefan Diggs and one was Justin Jefferson. So they know. And, what and, doing. and yeah, there you go. You let one of them guys uh fall there too. I mean, it's it's proven that a rookie could have success. There too, maybe not, maybe not to Justin Jefferson level, but it it happens. And uh, Adam Thielen, he's gone out. Presumably, right now, KJ Osborne is the is the number two receiver right now. But that'll be interesting to see. Another team I look at too, though, um, is the Bears here, be, because they could start something with these receivers at the in the draft. They could start a little. Uh, I guess run where the next three or four could get picked in the round, uh, and and if they did pick a receiver, and we assume that it would be his former teammate Jackson Smith, Justin Fields' former teammate Jackson Smith, the Jigba, it'll let you know where the Bears are trying to take this offense this season after trading for DJ Moore, yes. after getting Robert Tanyan. If they draft. Jackson Smith and Jigba at the number nine pick. This like we 
let me uh, just write in Justin Fields, fantasy quarterback number one right there. That, that was a beautiful, beautiful scenario you just painted. And if they go receiver, then, yeah, the, they're telling us they think he's the next Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He's, he's ready to. That explore. means you're going all in on him, you know, running backs, not elite, but more than good enough to uh, run in that offense. The perfect, like, you don't want, you don't need a star running back when you got Justin Fields. So, yeah, that would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Denny, you did our free agency primer on receivers. Any team that maybe didn't sign a receiver come to mind to you, come to mind for you as a team that could be a first-round receiving destination? I mean, look, I, I know, obviously, the Bills jump out. Uh, the Bears would be really interesting, and, and I agree. I agree with Lawrence that, uh, that would tell us a lot about how the Bills are going to go into 2023. I'm sorry, the Bears. The Bears are going to go. And and I think it, it, it reminds me, it's sim- similar to how maybe how uh, the Bills were determined to. I'm getting so confused. Was he meant to say Bears? Did he mean to say Bills? No. <laughs> what I was going to say is after the Bills were really run heavy in Josh Allen's early career, they went to a more um, you know, balanced, if not pass-heavy style. So, you know, hopefully we get that with Justin Fields. We, we, we will see. And Justin Fields, by the way, I, I look, I know there were struggles, but he, he was good in the passing game uh, yep. last year. Uh, Chargers. Uh, yes. I would like, I would like yes. to see the Chargers yes. draft a wide receiver because really they just need help. Look, Josh Palmer, <laughs> I think, proved that he's not – uh, he's a wide receiver three at best, I think. I mean, you know, you look at the the, the analytics on Josh Palmer; they're not good. They're not good. Okay, <laughs> they uh, say they hit on Josh Palmer, but they were just like exactly right. Like he's like was like the, a great day two number three receiver. They, yeah, they, good they, player, hmm? good nah, good player. Yeah. He has yeah, some game for, game what for what he is. He's a he's good fine. Uh, and then and then you know Mike Williams went when healthy, and I know that's a big thing with him when healthy is is helpful but i also think that the mike williams type the guy who the big body receiver who goes downfield and makes plays is a little bit antiquated in today's nfl which is full of checkdowns which is full of of quarterbacks facing especially elite quarterbacks like uh, well you can argue if justin herbert is elite but really good quarterbacks like justin I herbert they throw that word around for anybody now facing <laughs> facing a lot of t- too high safety <laughs> coverage right and then they just completely take away those passes so I think with the evolution of how teams are approaching the the passing attacks of NFL offenses, the Chargers could use somebody who's quick and can do stuff underneath. That's not what they have in Keenan Allen, who's fine, who's good with it, is what what he does, and that's not what they have in Palmer or Williams. They need somebody else. No, they absolutely because actually- Keenan Allen year or two max left with the Chargers. Mike Williams probably will age poorly, like you said, arguably already aging poorly. And yeah, I mean, maybe it was Joe Lombardi, but a lot of short throws for Justin Herbert in three years. And maybe it's just who he is because it was who he was in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. Got to get him someone more explosive over the middle of the field. I was going to bring them up as a team to take a tight end, like for the same reason that like Mike Williams is good at what he does, which is not get separation, but like wins 50-50 balls at a higher than 50-50 rate. He graded like pretty poorly as a receiver in his route running, but he was actually a pretty good receiver in ESPN's uh, catch metrics, which like, that's exactly who he is. Like he doesn't get open. 
and he's more open than you think. But that is, like Denny said, that's definitely not where the NFL is at right now. And I don't think that's just, like, I think stylistically, Herbert could probably grow into, like, utilizing him when he has to more. It didn't seem like he wanted to last year. But I don't think that's ever really going to be, like, a Justin Herbert wide receiver one. So receiver, like, makes so much sense. I think Keenan Allen's probably pretty likely to get cut next offseason. I was going to list them as tight end, especially because they're really good pass catching tight ends that could go in the first round about where they'd be picking that like that would make sense as if you're not going to go receiver here, say like there's kind of a run on receivers before them, but a tight end, maybe like Dalton Kincaid is available. That would make a ton of sense to fill that role. And both Kincaid and Michael Mayer are so like so talented as pass catchers coming out of college, even though they play tight end, that I think they'd be a good fit for that role in this year when they still have Keenan Allen. They've probably got to go back to the receiver well at some point in the near future, but if you're keeping, mm-hmm. and they obviously are keeping Keenan Allen this year, maybe this is the year you address tight end. They have Gerald Everett. He's fine. I think he has one year. This is his final year on his contract. They probably won't resign him. So maybe this is the year you get to address tight end, and then as Keenan Allen's probably cut next offseason, then you can go back to the receiver well. Anybody have any final receiver teams they need to get off their chest, or should we move on to tight end to close out this show? I say we move on. We move on. Well, Kyle, we'll move on to you. People listening last week heard we talked about this really, really, supposedly really, really deep tight end group. It's good. It's good. Most kind of like big name, like heavy group we've seen a tight end in a really, really long time, or there could be multiple first rounders. Tight end is one of the classic position where people do get like hyped as first rounders and never go in the first round. But this year is supposedly different. So we know some of the names from last week, and we're going to mention some of the names now. Kyle, you said the Chargers could be a team, but who who comes to mind when you think first round tight end? Who is the first team that comes to mind for you? First team is the Packers. Uh, like, I don't know what they're doing, Josiah Degura, but like, Blame is an age. He's an age back. Yeah. You know. He's an age. Like, dude, he's an age back. Let him be an age back. He's probably a good age back. But like, Get a real tight end. How about get a real tight end? They could also use help at receiver too. Cause I like, like obviously Christian Watson was like electric last year, but I'm not sure he's ever like the, the number one 30% target share guy. I don't think that's who he profiles as he's like really good as a number two. A he's, two like a Will Fuller. he's like a will. Yeah. Fuller that's like a good, two. good, like role usage level of comp for him uh, on like a spreadsheet level. So I, I think tight end makes a ton of sense there. I think they're the most commonly team mocked to get Michael Mayer right now. I'm not sure he goes that high in like the middle of the first round, given how unsuccessful like first round tight ends have been, especially on their first contract. By the time some of them are breaking out, you're really looking at the they're second. Coming out they're wearing number eight, Kyle. First they're wearing team. number eight. They're, they're losing snaps to whoever the backup is. Just is Jesper Horstead the backup in Atlanta? I feel like that's a player. That 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 like snaps to. Last year. No, it's Jonu Smith who he gonna lose Autumn. Oh, yeah, that's right. now it is. So speaking um, of H backs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. So I think to. they're. Yeah, I think. Oh man, <laughs> that's so much. Down that's so much. Kyle Kyle double tight, baby. It's really tight. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, no, you're good. But Packers, that's kind of an obvious one. They wouldn't be as exciting for fantasy because obviously they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers at some point here. Still waiting for it to happen. But um, <laughs> so. please just lose Aaron Rodgers. Packers, please. I, listening. I alluded to my mock draft coming out tomorrow. I've been holding it off forever because I'm like, well, we need to see how what the Rodgers compensation is. I'm going ahead. I can't. I'm not working on this Rodgers clock. The next one is the Bengals. Like the Bengals are the obvious back into the first round tight end spot. Like they lose Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst was 
pretty successful for Hayden Hurst standards in that offense. And I don't think he's anything special as a tight end. If they did have a special talent tight end, I'd be really interested to see what they do with him. And their team that like has not shied away in the past from doubling down on pass catching talent, do it again, but also let him block for like, you let him block for, uh, for Joe Burrow. Cause that that's a priority for them. Not only is their line questionable, but uh, Joe Burrow just takes sex kind of what he is. So maybe don't give him as many opportunities. I could see them going Darnell Washington. He's like an extra tackle can also leak out and they don't need him to command a ton of targets. He can be highly efficient as like a blocking tight end and really good on play action. And that's like perfect for them. They don't need a 20% target share tight end. Let him Mm -hmm. lock really well and then leak out on play action when he's not blocking and he'll be super efficient. I mean, that's that's literally what he was at Georgia. So that's kind of an interesting fit. And it's like Mayer's probably not going to be there for them. So I think that makes more sense. Lawrence, Lawrence, anyone you think of that would maybe take a tight end in round one, or is this not something you've really thought about much? (laughs) Not really, because they picked too high in the round, round, and that's the Lions. They got the sixth pick, so unless they trade it back, they Which could, they could yeah, yeah. They they dev and if they don't do it, they could go round two. It's a it's well. A they have their they have their own first round pick. Six is is the Rams and what like nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Is there and, and even the in, tight end spot? Yeah, even in the next round, it's a deep class that you could get into. But right now, they're working with uh Brock Brock Wright here and Shane Zilstra. After they got after they traded off uh TJ Hawkinson, so they definitely could be in that market to add to you know uh that explosive offense. But obviously, like I said, number six, they could be looking to go defense here, they could use a lot of help over there. But uh, I, I like them getting in the market for a guy that we spoke about off camera, like a Sam Laporta, he could fit there to play with a Brock Wright, but to use his different skill set. In that offense, I thought you were gonna say we talked about Shane Zilstra off camera. <laughs> no, no, I don't ever talk about Shane Zilstra except right now. His name, uh, he's the, he's the that's all I talk about. I know uh, it's true, Denny. I mean, anyone anyone you think could be a first round tight end? All right, um, look, it's too or probably too early in the draft, but you know, the commanders might want to think about upgrading at the old tight end position because they have Logan Thomas, who is not young and who <laughs> has struggled with uh, some catastrophic. He's injury. also quote, not a tight end, not a tight end. Uh, well, he's a quarterback. Uh, he is, that's what I mean. He's a, he right, is a quarterback. Tight end. quarterback. Uh, they have John Bates uh, and a bunch of other guys who he's a class. Have put some respect on John Bates's name, man. Uh, look, all I'm saying is that if, if, the commanders went in and they they need to they need to upgrade their pass catching group in general okay like terry mclaurin kind of an, on an island there i know that uh well, denny there's a young man named Jahan dotson uh, i mean dotson is fine but i mean they could still use some more help you know i, I think and Putting then dotson on the put some respect on his name list him and john bates they hang out there all the time <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know rotopat was a commander's truther I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I thought we could we could talk openly about how bad the commanders are after but, bezos buys them and, and uh <laughs> yeah you know you know where your bread is buttered uh <laughs> i i i have to say though that you know if they drafted a tight end in the first round at number 16 which is really high i get it he's running all the routes. Like he's going to be out there probably running all the routes in that offense. And if you're not an elite guy, like a Kelsey or like an Andrews, you need to be out there running all the routes. So we could, we could get that for fans. But the commanders 
came to mind when I was thinking of tight. I see one spot though, where like I am circling this pick. A tight end will be selected here, and that is with the Seattle Seahawks' second pick of the first round at number twenty. They will be yeah. selecting a tight end. Pete Carroll's favorite position, like Pete, tight end for Pete Carroll is like no coach has a favorite position more strongly than Pete Carroll has tight end. And yeah, like nowadays, most teams are like, you know, you're like, oh, they don't really have a needed edge, but like keep taking them. You can never have a deep enough stable of pass rushers, of cornerbacks, like even, you know, take a backup tackle. Like if your tackle goes down, you want that guy. And and that is tight end for Pete Carroll for some odd reason. Well, I would argue that cornerback six foot three and up is something he liked to draft too. That's that's close. That's close in there. That's close. Might in be there. More, the Zoomers will never remember Brandon Browner, or they won't believe oh, he was no, real. No. <laughs> they won't believe he was real. So there was a seven foot tall cornerback that just committed <laughs> pass interference every play. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was really. Oh, he locking them up. All right. Yeah, <laughs> he was locking them up. Uh, did whatever it took. And I, it, one these teams that have two first round picks, like the Texans, I feel like could be a threat. At twelve to take a tight end, maybe they would yeah. trade down. And take a yeah, tight I think, end. I think the like, not the sweet spot, the, the high end sweet spot for tight end is that like 15, 16, 17 range. Because like Mayer is a really good prospect. Like he's an underrated blocker. He is incredibly talented as a receiver. I believe he'll come out as an early declare too. Like he has like the wide receiver type of like metrics at the tight end position. Uh, and he pretty commonly gets mocked like the Packers is kind of an obvious one, but in that spot, I'm not saying if I were an NFL team, I would do that because of the like lack of production. Uh, you see Kyle Pitts early in their careers, but, uh, I think that's a common place for us to project a tight end to go. After listening to our podcast, this is, this has been tweeted. Actually, Kyle Pitts is switching to number 48 for the year, <laughs> uh, 2023. And it's just been announced that I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> For Lawrence, he'll wear 89. He will do 89. If 48 is not acceptable, he'll at least go to the 80s for Lawrence, and he'll do 89. Lawrence is now a Panthers fan. <laughs> 88, better, 88 better than 48. 88 would be amazing. Why is he not 88? It makes no sense. Too slim for that. No, he's got. Yeah, I agree with this. I no, I totally agree with this, Lawrence. Like, yeah. he's not. He's not an eighty-eight. That's a. That's a big block. No, it's dude. a mentality. He needs to project eighty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I could get on board with this. Yeah. He's manifesting the block. Eighty-eight is a mindset. Des Bryant was eighty-eight. He bullied people. Eighty-eight is retired by the Falcons. Tony Gonzalez. As I'm not really being uh, serious, but it, you know, should be. Yeah. It should. Yeah, should it be. is. <laughs> Uh, it I mean, no, it's really not. It yeah, been, he play long enough. Um, probably like the highlight of the Falcons' entire franchise history is when they did it. Well, Most he definitely. Is he 87? I can't remember. Maybe 88. Yeah, he, no, yeah, he, he, he legit was 88. He was 88, man. He's the best player in the Falcons' franchise history those four years or whatever he was on them. Definitely. Actually, it was a lot longer. Deion Sanders probably, but <laughs> Tony Gonzalez is second there, yeah. The, all the best players in Falcons history were on the Falcons for four years. Yeah. Andre Risen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Eric Dickerson, more like four games. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Michael Turner. Yeah, um, you know, tw- 2017, Matt Ryan. A lot of Hall Soon of Famers that have been through the Falcons. Brett Favre, Eric Dickerson, Deion, they just never like being there long. <laughs> yeah, there you, you know go. What What's going on in Atlanta? <laughs> what is going on in Atlanta? What's going on in the Road to World football show? The answer is nothing because it's over. Um, oh, no. 
it's over. Uh, we had some good times. We had some good chats today. Uh, really, really good stuff from Denny. Really, really good stuff from Kyle. Really, really good stuff from Lawrence. Um, Kyle, so you got a mock draft coming out on the site? Yep, tomorrow. By the time you're listening to this, probably today, unless you listen to it on Thursday. Team uh, preview, like team needs previews and prospect fits. I don't know how many of them I've done. They're like blurring together. I nearly published like the AFC South with a bunch of like NFC North teams on it or something. I, I caught that as it was like right before it went live. Uh, so it's all blurring together. But yeah, team needs uh, mock draft and quarterback, running back, tight end, dynasty rankings, pre-draft rankings are all up. Receivers like next week ish. Kyle's been stuffing the stat sheet with articles, a lot of really, really, really good stuff for NBC Sports Edge from Kyle. Denny, you have something coming out as well, do you not? I do. Uh, I have a uh, tight end piece focused on guys who uh, commanded targets, sometimes on limited routes, but we're looking into those guys very strongly, folks. I'm going to have that on the site on Friday. I thought you were going to say tight ends who should be changing their numbers. That too. Um, I would read that. Lawrence, you're on the happy hour earlier this week. I'm assuming you'll be on again next week. Anything else going on right now? Nah, man, this is actually my first day working here, so I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah. I'll, so. I'll be around. Holler, holler if you need me. <laughs> holler if you need Lawrence. If you need me, I'll be in the comments section defending my annual coach rankings, which are currently live. Um, I will tweet at you about them. So please tweet at me about them. I love the engagement. Oh, so the NFL coach rankings are live. would be delighted if you read them. We are delighted that you listened. So for Lawrence, for Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat. We will be back next week. In the California Road Trip Republic, we believe you take adventure for a ride. Whether coastal cruising, mountain motoring, or redwood roaming, discover beauty around every turn. Your road trip can kick off from anywhere. Starting route. But it should always start at visitcalifornia.com. Then buckle up, crank those tunes, and discover why California is the ultimate playground. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.